to be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The definition of patience is patience implies the bearing of suffering, provocation, delay, tediousness with calmness and self-control. There are many areas of patience. One is vengeance. Please turn to Deuteronomy 32:35. says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense, their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Vengeance belongs to God, it is not ours to take. Please turn to Romans 12, and we'll read verse 19. And it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. As we have seen in these verses, we need to show patience. God is in control and can do a much better job defending us than we can. Another way to have patience is patience with God. An area of patience with God is our prayer life. Please turn to Romans 8.28. And it says in Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. It is not in our abilities to know the time or way in which God will work things out. We must have faith based on who God is and the promises of his word. The last way to have patience is to have patience with people. Please turn to Numbers 20 and we'll read 10 through 12. And it says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch ye you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because he believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given. When we do not have patience we, with others, we can cause harm to ourselves and others. We need to remember that God is patient with us and we should be patient with others. We have talked about three ways that we can show patience Patience in vengeance, patience with God, and patience with others. As we start the new year, this would be a good starting point.
Please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We will read verse 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that there were not a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. All went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Today I would like to talk briefly about thankfulness. Sometimes we forget to be thankful, and sometimes how we forget how good we have it. In this passage, we see that Jesus came from a humble and lowly beginning. I don't know about you, but I was born in a comfy hospital room, not an animal barn. Ways that we can be thankful. One, thankful for our salvation. Two, thankful for our Bible and those that sacrificed so we could have truth. Three, thankful for our parents. Four, thankful that we were born in a free country. In the late 1800s, George Mueller appointed an orphanage that at one time had 1,000 orphans. One morning, there was no food to eat, but he called all the children and staff together and prayed, thanking God for the provision of food, even though no food was on the table. A few moments later, a baker knocked on the door. He told Mr. Miller that God had led him to bake bread the night before and give it to the orphanage. Before the bread was given to the orphanage, a milkman knocked on the door. He said that his milk truck had broken down and wanted to give the milk to the orphanage. George Miller th gave thanks, even though it took faith to do so. I hope that as we start a new year, that we remember to be thankful. I thank all you for listening. I don't think I need this the stool. take my keys out of my pocket but let's go to Luke chapter 5 um,
So I I noticed this when I was looking when I was heard heard a message out of Luke chapter five, the last half. But as I was turning there, I saw I saw this. I saw two very similar situations. We'll go to uh, five one, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, this is Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed that he would thrust him out a little bit from, a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he spake unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said, answering, he said, Master, we have toiled all night and found nothing, have nothing, taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word, I will let down the net. And when and this and when they had done and when done this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled the ships, and they began to so they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, and at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so it was, and so, and so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were the partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for hence thou forth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsake all and followed him. Now we'll skip to verse 17, which was the text of the other message, or verse 18. Um, and this is talking about when Jesus in, is in Galilee, and this 17 gives that context. And behold, men, behold, men brought in a, a, in a bed a man which they had taken with, with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by which way they, they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up to the housetop, let him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies, who can forgive sins but God alone? But when God perceived their reason, their thoughts, he answered, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or rise up and walk? But they but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and he took, them, took up that which he lay, and departed unto his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have all seen strange things. Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you for just how you spoke to me as I was getting this ready, and I pray that you'll help me to be a blessing to others. In your name I pray, amen. Um, this isn't the message, but it struck out to me again. You learn, if, if you want an interesting study, type up that ye may know or so that they may know. Almost every time that that phrase is used throughout the Bible, it's talking about knowing God. It's not really talking about any other thing. And it always is a physical thing is a representation of what God does in our lives. Um, it's used in Ezekiel. Pastor preached on that a couple weeks ago. I, I think he was in the introduction of the Minor Prophets, where he said, "And in the morning, the joy of your you know, the joy of your life is not going to be there." And then it says, "And then it happened." 
there's a lot that happened between those two sentences. Um, but just but just interesting study, so got so that you may know. Um, this story is told to, uh, in two, these two stories are told in two other Gospels, Matthew and Mark. They're both told. The only ones these two aren't mentioned in is John. Um, this is the only time they're mentioned in the same chapter. But there are some similarities and some differences between those two, so what I'm going to do with the time allotted is just go through some of those. Um, both situations, in both situations, the letdown. Um, I don't know how else to title this message besides from a letdown, which is hopefully that's not the case uh, in description of this message. But um, in both of these, the letdown required some effort on their part. Simon Peter had to, he was in the water already. They had to go out back into the middle of the lake. And Peter said, hey, we were just out there. It didn't work out so good, paraphrasing. Um, last time we were out there, we got skunked and we ended up listening to you preach from the boat. And not a bad thing. Um, the, other, the other thing, the four men, I say it's four. And the reason I say it's four, two, two people could qualify as men. But I don't care how small you are. If we're letting you down through a roof, you want four instead of two. Because um, if, 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 if two let the guy down, he might have to fix more than the legs. I'm just, this is not anywhere in scripture, but I think it's four. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it's not important. But there was four guys that had to carry this guy around. Even if my brother and I and two other guys carried, uh, let's see, somebody small. Even if we had to carry Titus around all the time, after a while he's going to start to get heavy. So that required effort. They had to break open the roof. They had to lower the man to the roof. They had to fix the roof. It doesn't say that they fixed the roof, but if they were good Jews and they obeyed the law, they had to because they broke it, you bought it, so they fixed the roof. And they also had to trust that the guy who owned the house wasn't going to throw him in jail. I mean, you think about it. If somebody comes to my house with a demo saw and starts cutting a hole in my roof, <laughs> we're going to have a problem. So, so often when Christ gives, so just that's not the point of this, but so often when once we see Christ gives the command, he also gives us provision. But there is something that we have to do. Salvation, yes, though it's free. Nick mentioned it. Salvation is free. The one, the only thing you have to do is ask. But there is, you do have to have faith. So there is a small amount of effort, whether physical or spiritual, to get it. And that, you know, whether faith or just come unto me, all you that labor. Well, what's that mean? That means you have to go to him. Now, when he go, when you go to him, he comes to you. But you have to. There's things that you have to start. The letting down happens in different ways. Um, Simon Peter was commanded to let down after Jesus had preached from his boat. And by the way, this isn't the message, but we've all heard the message more than once. We've heard it from this pulpit, and I've heard it from other places. Uh, the command was to let down the nets, N-E-T-S, plural. Um, the man, the men who carried the lame. Their letdown was purely voluntary. They weren't commanded. It doesn't say anywhere in Scripture to go find a lame guy and carry him around. If you can find it, let me know. But you're not commanded to do so. So this was voluntary. The first one was commanded. 
As with other, you know, other times in scriptures, whether the action is voluntary or altruistic, you know, maybe they just want, they just like the guy. We're commanded by scripture, by that still small voice. You know, give a track to someone, call someone, text someone. You know, be that encouragement. Offer help. Give that person an extra five bucks. I don't like, you know, they gave me lousy service. How about you give them 10? Well, I don't want to. But just, you know, we've all know what we've been told to do. What, have you done it? Um, do you think, do you have, do you have, are there things that you are doing on purpose because of commands in Scripture or just because God told you to do them? Um, and it's also, do you have a plan? Totally not related to the rest of the message, but it kind of fits in here. You know, it's been preached, I would think it was preached last Sunday night. Pastor mentioned it today um, about a Bible reading plan and then uh, David Cloud's thing in his thing, which was the nine or I think it was 11 things. He missed the number 12 in my mind, which is be flexible. Because sometimes, sometimes when you're reading, God says, well, maybe you should slow down here and maybe take a few more notes or do a few things, but have a plan. Every time you don't have a plan, especially, you know, you don't need a plan to eat more junk food. At least I don't. I don't need a plan to do things I shouldn't. That is super easy. But you need a plan to do the right thing, like go to work every day. Well, how do you do that? You set your alarm for 5.30. Or that's what I have to do. But if you don't have a plan, guess what? Your flesh does not say, let's beat me down. No, the flesh says, we're going to keep me hit. But... Anyway, that's not the message. But a couple more things here. Um, the letting down requires faith um, in this particular case. And it always comes down to faith. Hebrews 11.6 But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It doesn't say, and this is where Bible Christianity this is what separates Bible Christianity from every other religion. Every other religion says personal redemption is possible. It's hard, but not impossible. The Catholics say, well, if you don't get it right the first time, there's always purgatory. Hindus uh, do it through... You know, like, in like in this practice has been around since the Bible times when Elijah was on Mount Hermon, or, yeah, Mount Hermon. When Elijah, maybe, maybe wherever he was, when Elijah was up on the mount with the, with the, boot, with the Baal uh, priests, what were they doing? They were cutting themselves. That still goes on today. So that's their way. But all we say is, without faith, it's impossible. There's nothing, we all know this, but that's what separates us from the rest of the world. We're, we're the weirdos who believe we can't get to heaven on our own. And by the way, it's, this isn't written in Scripture, but it's a great proof of eternal security. If there's nothing you could do to get it, why are, why are you insulting the God of heaven by saying there's something you can do to keep it? That's insulting. Mm -hmm. So that's not, that's not a Bible verse. That's David 1.1, 1, 1, but that's, that's not a Bible verse. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a logical end to the Bible. Um, but you know, Simon did have to have some faith. He had to have faith to let, the, to let the net down. Now, he did not have complete faith. So before we go saying Peter was a lousy Christian, 
let's just remember that Peter let down the nets and he almost sunk three boats with one time. He's also the only man, besides Jesus Christ, to walk on water. And he's also the only man to see 3,000 people get saved at once. He's also one of several who got crucified upside down. So, you know, Peter did a lot of things that we will never do. Now, Peter, Peter I identify with Peter a lot because my mouth sometimes gets me in trouble. Impulsive actions get me in trouble. Peter is that guy, but you know what? Peter also did a lot. And we'll get to see, and we'll get to see why at the end. Um, but he had partial faith. It was says nets. It didn't say, but we all go, all go down there. Um, the men and the lame man, the reason why he was healed is because Jesus saw their faith. They walk up, you know, that, that takes faith to believe that walking there, I don't know how far they came, it doesn't say. But do others see your faith? Jesus healed the one guy because he saw the faith of the, the guys carrying him. Um, both were unusual, and the story specifically mentions how they thought the actions were unusual. Simon, um, and, this is, and this is where I was getting to. This is part of the reason why I think Peter was blessed. Simon, verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me. When Peter saw Jesus Christ in his glorified state or saw what, who Jesus really was, he recognized that he was not worthy. That's why Peter was used to do all those great things. Because he recognized, I'm a bum. But God used me anyway. Um, verse 26, at the end of the story of the, the man on the roof. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear. Glorifying God and fear go together. Uh, we have seen strange things this day. Pastor preached on faith and fear. I can't remember the morning or the Sunday school hour. But when you see God's, when you see God do something in your life, I know for me it scares me. Not because oh, there's somebody you know. It's also what? How many times have I missed something like this because I'm an idiot? Or how many times? Have I not given glory to God for something like this? That's not yours. God's glory in those situations is not yours. So you have no right to keep it. I have no right to keep it. You may have God-given abilities. But remember, you have God-given abilities. And even if you do have God-given abilities, He can take them. You know, I, I, earn, I earn a living with my brain by, what I, by the advice I give. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not as good. But God can say, you know what? Gonzo, you don't get to do that anymore. Or if you make your living with, you know, I know plenty of people who made their living with their hands. They don't, you know, they don't have body parts anymore. Accidents happen. Uh, Betty White, you know, she said she was going to live to be 100. She was her hundredth birthday wasn't until ten days from now. Um, I, the, the list goes on and on and on of people who didn't recognize God for what He was. Um, the end result for this and for a lot of stuff is was God glorified? You know, one of the things I mentioned is that ye may know. Like I said, a lot of time, not, it's not all the time, 
But when that phrase is mentioned, it's to glorify God. When, and then here we go. In verse 8, when Peter saw it, he said, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. And, they were, and then in verse 26, they were all amazed and they glorified God. What is our main purpose? Our purpose is Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are created. That's, that should be our life verse. That's everybody in this room's life verse. Whether you live it or not, that's your life verse. Um, both stories have different end results, and this is what kind of jumped out at me. Um, the story continues in verse 10, and so it was that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were the partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, for henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed them. So this was not some, some guy with a fishing pole. This was an enterprise of some size. This was not a fishing fleet. It's a lake, not the ocean. But it's something. And they left all and followed him. Um, and it's and we look. Let's go to. I'll go to Acts seventeen six. And when they found them not, that's talking talking about the disciples. And when they found him not, they drew Jason and certain brothers under the rulers of the city, crying, "These men have turned the world upside down. Are come hither also." It's not. I don't think it's in context. I can't remember, and I should have written it down, but I didn't. These are part of the group that turned the world upside down. Within a generation, the whole world was evangelized by these people. Within the generation of Christ's death. That's amazing. I think it was said that Thomas, who wasn't mentioned here, Thomas went to India in the first century. Which, you know, that's not hopping on a plane at JFK and 20 hours later you're landing in Dubai. In, uh, in Delhi. No, it's, it took a little bit of effort just, just to get from Jerusalem to India. Um, they gave up their living. But, so what I'm saying is this story continued with these guys and they continued to work. For the second group, this is the last time they're ever mentioned in Scripture. The last time. Now, they have a pretty cool story that every kid in Sunday school who grew up in a, who grew up in a Baptist church has heard. Every kid in, this, in the world has heard that story. But what happened to him afterwards? We don't know. So my other thought is, are you living behind, hey, remember when, remember when you guys lowered me down and this guy said, get up and walk, and I did? Or and who knows, maybe these guys had even forgotten that story by then. But Peter was part of the group that turned the world upside down. So don't be the part of the group that has great things happen, because we've all had great things happen in our lives. We're here, like somebody said, we live in America. We have great opportunities. You've had good things happening, but I've had bad things. Yep, that's called life. You know, as a man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Yep, we all have trouble, and I look around, and all of us have had trouble. But we've all had pretty good things, too. I, been, I wasn't shot at this morning. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, so, just, so just some things to think about as we look at this, you know, this little passage in Luke. Put effort into what you've been given to do. Do you listen to the command of, 
either the command of compassion or just the command of Scripture. Do you have and do you do anything with faith? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Do you recognize God's unusual working in your life? Do you glorify God? Are you looking forwards or backwards at what has been done in your life? Exactly.